At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Most people know what the church is against. Gambling, premarital sex, uh, illicit drug use, homosexual behavior, you name the issue. The church has made it clear, I should say the conservative church has made it clear, what it's opposed to. But what is the church for? Uh-oh. You're listening to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson, and with me is Ron Hicks. Thank and you, Ron, Richard. you're a pastor, so I yes, just sir. kick that out there for you because you are well aware of how people in the Hopkinsville area view Henderson mm-hmm. Memorial Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. You're known as the church that's, you said something funny just off of the air, but you're known for what you're against. And in fact, the thing that made me laugh was even, you know, if it tastes good, spit it out. (laughs) (laughs) I say that while behind the scenes here, I'm eating cookies. Um, I think, you know, kind of that's that's a perception that that every church is battling against and one that our church is fighting hard against uh, the idea of of well, all you guys do is tell you know tell us how we ought to live and what we should and shouldn't do and all the rest of that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I think those things are important. We need to sound the alarm. We need yeah. to be watchmen at the wall. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, uh, we need to we need to also talk about uh, you know the the love of Christ, the restoration. You know, mm-hmm. um, Jesus even said to the Pharisees, you 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 heap stuff on top of people, but you you give them no way out from underneath it. So the church often does that same thing. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Okay, what else am I supposed to do then? Yeah. So if we just talked about the idea of let me show you the most excellent way to yeah. quote Paul. Yeah. So, um, no, that's good. You know, so here we are in 21st century America. It's at the end of 2019, and it does seem that uh, our culture is falling into moral darkness day by day. You just, yeah. you know, tune into the radio or read your newspaper sure. and see what's going on. and. There's so much brokenness in the world. There's mm-hmm. so much wrong. There's so many people making bad decisions. And it's difficult to not critique, if not criticize, what, sure. what's happening in our culture. Mm-hmm. But if we just beat that drum constantly, everything's wrong, everything's going to hell in a handbasket, nothing's happening, we become negative ourselves. Oh, absolutely. We, be- we, can, be- we can find ourselves in a place where nobody's listening or because we're just negative Nellies. And remember the old cartoons you used to see in the newspaper where there was a, a, a guy, long hair, beard, wearing a smock and had a sign, you know, it says the, the end is near or oh, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, th- there was nothing on the backside of that sign. Um, so all he was doing was saying the end is near and people were like, Oh, okay, well then let me eat, drink and be merry if the end is near. No, no, no. You know, <laughs> he wasn't telling the whole story. So we've got to, as a church, tell the whole story. We do. And I think there's a, there's a oversimplified way. Yes, there's sin. Yes, there's brokenness. Yes, there's a lot of bad stuff going on. But just mere avoidance of those things or calling those things out does not make somebody righteous. Mm-mm. It doesn't make you whole as a person. In fact, it would could lead further to this uh, workspace mentality. Well, I'm not drinking. I'm not smoking. 
I'm not chewing, nor do I go with girls that do. That mm-hmm, was the saying, don't mm-hmm, drink, don't smoke, mm-hmm. don't chew, don't go with girls that do. Uh, so therefore, I must be righteous. Not necessarily. Right. Just the the absence of those vices uh, doesn't make you a righteous person. Right. I know these cookies that I'm eating right now, and I really am. I know these cookies. Wait, Ron, is this a moment of confession? It is. <laughs> just, In just, moderation, <laughs> these cookies are fine, but I realize the amount of cookies I'm about to eat, I realize that that's not healthy. It's not going to be good for me. Right. Um, right. Having the knowledge of that and having the willpower to not do it are two completely different things. So just because you know something, I mean, the devil knows that there's a God, That's but right. but he's going to be separated eternally from God. Knowledge, you know, it, it, it's it's not all there is. Right. We we do need so once somebody um, comes to faith uh, in Christ and once they spend time in the Word and in prayer and they grow as a believer, they do have a moral compass. They do have a new understanding of right and wrong. They have an understanding of what God desires of them, uh, and and hopefully they're going to want to do the right thing. And a mature follower of Jesus will want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't make it easy. It, it is a challenging thing. But they have a vision for what's good. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, what Micah said in 6.8. He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Yeah. So those are three things right there that are mm-hmm. a vision for something that we could be doing, justice, mercy, and then to walk in humility. Absolutely. And, and springboarding off that word vision, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen which says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Then it continues, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now, we realize we're under the law of grace. Yeah. But what the what uh, what uh, uh, Solomon is saying in the Proverbs here, most likely Solomon, is the idea that uh, left our own desires, we're, we're going to perish. Yeah. But once we understand, we catch the vision of God and understand that there is a moral compass, then that's going to bring the happiness, the joy that we so desperately seek. That's right. So, so where there is no vision, the people perish. Mm-hmm. And and we're talking on a couple levels here, on a personal level. Mm-hmm. I think we all ought to have a vision for our own life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then on the church level, societal-wide level, the church should have a vision for what it's doing. And, Ron, I want to dig into this a little bit. Mm-hmm. The I think the, the mindset or the mentality for many in the church today is just to get people saved out of the world and into the church, and then everything will all be well and good. Is that enough of a vision? No. Just No. Okay, and you're a pastor, right. and, and you're acknowledging yes. this. So what should the vision for the church be? What is the vision? And I know this. there's a lot here, and I'm, I'm kind of springing this on you, but how? what would be a healthy, holistic, biblical vision for the church as it, re, as it relates to culture, as it relates to people living in the culture? Because if, if, if we're not just, if, just saving people out of the world, then part of it is conversion, mm-hmm. right? The good mm-hmm. news oh, of the gospel has to be yeah. shared. Yes. And we do want people to come into the church. But what is that vision that the church should have for culture? Well, our particular church, we have, we have an action plan that we adopted several years ago, biblical action plan. <clears throat> it's, it's three simple words, reach, teach, and send. We, uh, Jesus came, and, and uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He says, I, I came to seek and save that which is lost. Yeah. And then before he ascended into heaven, he said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. So he, Jesus is saying, I was sent by the Father to seek and to say that, that which was lost. Now I'm going to be in heaven interceding. I'm going to send my counsel of the Holy Spirit so that you can go and seek and save. We don't, we're not the saviors. We tell of the Savior. That's how we save. So we reach. Then we teach. Jesus said, 
uh, go into all the world and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them everything I've taught you. Mm-hmm. So after we make disciples, then we have to teach the disciples. And then the third part of that equation, our action plan, is to send. So um, we, we say, okay, you have um, God has called you. You have heard his call. You have accepted. You have confessed that you're a sinner. You need a Savior, and the only Savior is Jesus Christ. We've taught you what Jesus did. He came to serve, and he came to, to seek those who are, need to be saved. And so you go out. We're going to send you out now equipped with that same mission. Go find somebody else. So uh, often when I'm invited to speak somewhere and they'll say, give me your bio, give, you know, tell us a little something about yourself, I say the same thing every time. Introduce me as a starving man who's found food. Right. So reach, teach, and send. Reach, is what teach, you are. and send. We're going to take uh-huh. a quick break, but I want to add to that when we come back about the kind of drilling mm-hmm, down into mm-hmm. some of the specifics of how okay. that looks to somebody who's just come to faith Absolutely, in Christ. Sure. And what does it look in their occupation, yeah. in their family life, Absolutely. in their role and culture. Okay. So stick with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Service Foundation serves to meet the deepest spiritual and social needs of people. We feed and clothe those who are in need, ministering to the sick and the imprisoned, preaching the gospel to the poor, and offering healing and hope to the brokenhearted. Agape has ministered in Kentucky jails and prisons for over 45 years. We have established ministries in Haiti, Bangladesh, and the Dominican Republic. We conduct evangelism training and rescue women and children from life on the streets. Agape Service Foundation supplies chaplains for law enforcement, fire, emergency service, and first responders. And we assist individuals in getting admitted into rehab facilities, working hand-in-hand with the court system. To learn more or how you can help us, visit agapesvf.com. That's agapesvf.com. Welcome back to The Commonwealth Matters, and we are talking about the church engaging the culture and the church's influence in culture as well. Mm -hmm. And Ron, uh, when we talk about somebody coming to faith in Christ, their life is changed, they have a new identity and a new Mm -hmm. purpose. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we've talked about in this program is that in the past is that the church separates itself from culture mm-hmm. instead of engaging with culture. You know what blows me away, Richard? Mm-hmm. My faith, my, my denominational faith, my, my doctrine line up with, with the most closely with, with uh, Baptist doctrine. And so I'm a, I'm a pastor of a Southern Baptist church. Mm-hmm. Um, Southern Baptist, uh, we, I think we have one of the greatest missionary um, uh, networks uh, in the world. I'm not saying that uh, we, it's the only one. A lot of folks have great ones, but this is what we do. Uh, when people feel called by God to go out on the mission field, we, we, we separate them and we teach them the culture mm-hmm. of the place that they're going. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just like, I, I've uh, taken a mission trip to Russia. Russia, they do things completely different than we do. And so you have cultural classes to be able to learn their culture, what's right and what's wrong. Then they also have language classes. And so uh, there's like, okay, you got a minister speaking their language understanding their culture. So after they get the language and the culture down, then we're going to send you there, equip you with those tools 
so that you can learn needs. And then you're going to meet real needs yeah. in a biblical way, yeah. earning the right, for lack of a better term, uh, to be able to share the gospel. But you're speaking their language and their culture. Now, the church in America, we don't do that. No. What we say is, okay, we want you, culture, to learn our language. Yeah. We want you to learn our culture, and we want you to come in here, and we want you to help us do what it is that we're doing. Why not have cultural classes on the skateboarder kids and, and cultural classes on you know the, the athletes, uh, yeah. uh, the, the modern music? Here, here's here's uh, you know slang today. Why don't we teach language classes and culture classes? Sure. And then send folks out. It's completely backwards. In order to reach the culture, you need to know where they are. What's yeah. their language? What are their areas of interest? There is a new um, shift, if you will, in missions, uh, or at least some new ways of doing it in this country. Mm-hmm. There, are, There's a mission field here in the United States. And uh, one of the shifts is that we will train people with a skill or a task or somebody that ha- actually has a skill or business acumen in a certain area. We're going to send them out to an unreached area mm-hmm. and they'll set up shop. Yeah. They'll begin doing business. Absolutely. And if they're a good businessman, if they have good skills, mm-hmm. that will be attractive. Mm-hmm. And when people start coming into their store or business, whatever it might be, relationships may start and doors yeah. will open up. and. But I would say that the person is first participating in culture. Yes. Because Ron, look, we yes. all need to. We all need to eat. Mm-hmm. We all need to have a roof over our heads. Mm-hmm. We all need some basic things done for us. And if we were to enter culture as competent members of that culture, mm-hmm. offering something, yes. doors will open up in Absolutely. another way. And, and listeners don't hear what we're not saying. Uh, we're not saying allow culture to influence you. We're saying understand culture so you can influence it. People ought to come to church and say of the music, wow. Um, Or they ought to go to a concert and hear a recording artist, and they should say, wow, that's almost as good as the music we have at church. Or or an artist, wow, that that artwork is almost as good as the artwork that we have at our church. Uh, Instead of the other way around. You've hit it right on the head. And this is is what I want to take a step back and then come back to what you're saying right there. The gospel, as I see it, and I'm open to correction, I'm open to people calling in and sharing their uh, perspective with us. You can find us on the web, commonwealthpolicycenter.org, and send a comment there. But uh, we were created to walk with God, Mm -hmm. and instead the gospel today begins with, you're a sinner, you need to come to church, repent and come to church. The gospel begins with, we have a a living God who spoke the universe into existence, Mm -hmm. He created everything we see around us. He created man made in his image. But sin came into the world. It's a fallen, broken world. Mm -hmm. Good news is this. Jesus came to break the grip of sin on all of humanity and on all of creation. And the good news is he's coming again someday. That is the gospel laid out. We've truncated it, Ron, to just be in the middle chapters. Mm -hmm. You're a sinner. You need Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then what? This is all of God's world. He made us to yes. walk with him. Mm-hmm. That means if you want to work in business, if you want to be a farmer, if you want to be a teacher, those are good and high callings. Absolutely. But as followers of Jesus, we have a new understanding of engaging those different areas. Absolutely. We, we mentioned our, Dr. Martin Luther King in a previous um, uh, episode, um, and he said something, and again, I'm paraphrasing, uh, if, if your lot in life is to be a street sweeper, let all of heaven yeah. and earth rejoice That's right. that to the honor and glory of God, you're the greatest street sweeper that, that the universe has ever seen. 
The Bible says, whatever you do in, in word or deed, do it as unto the Lord. So God wants us to bloom where he plants us. Yeah. Ron, we are called to walk with God. Mm-hmm. We're called to live a life and life more abundantly mm-hmm. when we've been reconciled to Jesus. And whatever the, the specific job or task that God has placed before us, we're to do it with joy. When you find what you've created to, to do here on earth, what, you, what you've made to be, you can do it with joy. You right. can do it with in a way that blesses others, mm-hmm. and hopefully, you're doing that job and task better than anybody else. You know, I think that this compels us when we understand who we are in Christ and what we're called to do. We should uh, be energized to do a great job at whatever. Absolutely, it is. and listeners, please don't misunderstand us. We are not saying that our works are a part of our salvation. Yeah. The scriptures are very clear: you're saved by grace and not by works, so that we can't boast. But um, if we are truly saved, one, we've identified Christ as our master. And if he says, seek and save those who are lost, go and make disciples, teach them, then we are compelled to do those things. And that is evidence of our salvation. James even says, faith without works, can such a faith save you? And the plain answer is no, because it's a false sort of faith. You have faith in faith as opposed to faith in Christ. Yeah, Ron, I wasn't hearing that at all, but I'm glad that you that you corrected that, that we're not talking about works saving right, you. Right, right. But we are created to do good works. Absolutely. In advance, the scripture says. That's what Ephesians yeah. 2.10 says. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, if you just are joining us, you're listening to the Commonwealth Matters, and we're talking about what is the church for. And Ron, when we come back, I want to talk about the Old Testament prophet's vision for the new heavens and the new earth and then also the new testament what it speaks about the new world to come and what we can look forward to so stick with us we'll be back in just a moment hi this is richard nelson with the commonwealth policy foundation and i want to thank you for listening to the commonwealth matters Our goal is to help you better understand the important issues of the day, the issues of life, marriage, and religious liberty. But that isn't all we do. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is working to educate legislators and policymakers about these bedrock values so they can defend them while serving in Frankfurt. We are in regular conversations with state leaders on both sides of the aisle, encouraging them to uphold what Kentuckians like you value. But we need your help. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit group that only exists by the grace of God and the generosity of its donors. Would you consider a donation today to the Commonwealth Policy Foundation so that our work might continue? Please visit our website at commonwealthpolicyfoundation.org. There you'll find some easy ways you can help us accomplish this important work. Again, go to commonwealthpolicyfoundation.org and consider a gift today. And thanks in advance for any help you can offer. What is the church for? In other words, what is the church in favor of? What is the vision that the church has for its community? Uh, If you're just joining us, you're listening to The Commonwealth Matter. And one of the Old Testament prophets, Isaiah, spoke of a new day and a new vision for what the world would become. And he says this in chapter 35 of Isaiah, the wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. 
the glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And verse 10 of Isaiah 35 says, And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Ron, this is Isaiah the prophet. (laughs) You see Jesus all up in there, don't you? (laughs) You do. But you also see this vision for restored creation Mm -hmm. where all the things that were wrong will Mm -hmm. be made right. Mm -hmm. All the brokenness in creation will be fixed. You know, the blind are going to see the lame man's going to leap mm-hmm. like a deer. The uh, Those who are deaf will hear again. Those who are anxious won't have any fear. You see the desert mm-hmm. that's blossoming mm-hmm. with flowers. Mm-hmm. Ron, all of the things that were wrong, wrong will be made right. Mm-hmm. And this is a vision that the church, I would say, should have. So, you know, there's a couple of different fields in here that I've mm-hmm. identified. One mm-hmm. is agriculture. Mm-hmm. If the deserts are going to blossom someday, and this is God's word. Mm-hmm. Isaiah mm-hmm. said, mm-hmm. this will happen. If if this is the truth, then shouldn't we be working for restoring the desert right oh, now, absolutely. if you will? If you're absolutely. a farmer yeah. or if you're a horticulturalist or somebody who wants to see the, mm-hmm. the barren lands be made to f- blossom mm-hmm. again, Shouldn't that be part of our? So God call? will call people to tend to tend the the gardens. Um, Absolutely, certainly. Another mm-hmm. field I see mm-hmm. is medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, those who have who are lame, those who are blind mm-hmm. or deaf. Wouldn't it be a worthwhile calling to go into medicine? Absolutely, or into research science mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. f- try to find cures for these mm-hmm. for these things. How about the um, how about the 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 dangerous animals, if you will? Mm-hmm. Um, we see, and I'm not advocating for killing all the dangerous animals. Right, they sure. have a place. These are mm-hmm. God's creation. Mm-hmm. But the picture here is one of safety. Mm-hmm. You can walk you know, on your back 40 without mm-hmm. fear uh, of being harmed, or maybe, mm-hmm. maybe even walking down your street without mm-hmm. fear of being mugged. Mm-hmm. So you see a number of different things uh, being addressed here, but I see a challenge before the church where... God has created us in his image. He's made us to do something, certain things, and we can walk with him once we become reconciled to Christ. We can walk with him and glorify him in different areas. Right, because a lot of people will say, well, you know, and they say to me all the time, well, Brother Ron, you know, um, uh, yeah, I, I, you've never met a stranger. You can just walk up to people and start talking about, you know, religious things and all the rest of that. And I, I, what I tell them is I, I don't travel in your circles. And you don't travel in mine. Yeah. And so you have family members, you have friends and stuff that go where you go, do the things that you do. 
And that's why God has planted them in your circles or planted you in their circles so that you can reach them. And he's planted me in my circles. And so if there was nobody in business that was Christian, then all business would be unchristian. Um, And and so you're right. God has put people in various positions, callings upon their life, school teachers, good gracious. That's not a calling. I've never I've never known one. you know, we minister quite a bit at the school that's next door to our church, and that's got to be a calling. They don't certainly they don't do it for the pay, right. and they don't do it for right. the accolades. They right. do it because they've been. It's a it's a calling higher than themselves. But I love this um, because yeah, we do see v- different uh, vocational skills um, that that uh, God uses to be able to accomplish His will and purpose. And you had me- made a mention, you know, about the church's vision. Uh, when the church, when its vision lines up with God's vision. It's going to accomplish what God willed. When we have a vision outside of God's vision, when we say this is what we want, this is what we hope, this is what we desire, we're doomed. (laughs) So our vision has got to line up with God's vision. And that's why he says, I'll give you what it is that you ask for in prayer. Basically, he says, I'm standing ready to give you the things that I already know that you're going to need. So pray my will be done, understand my will, and I'm standing ready to give you the things to accomplish my will. That's good. Generally speaking, Ron, I'd say some of part of the um, vision for the church is to seek justice, like mm-hmm. we started out with in Micah 6, mm-hmm. 8, to love mercy, mm-hmm. to walk in humility. And this is something that should be modeled by God's people as we go mm-hmm. out into the world, mm-hmm. as we're in our Absolutely. different vocations and calling, we model these things. Mm-hmm. And uh, we work for a healthy culture. We work to acknowledge the image of God and in inherent dignity in every person. We work to maintain um, some of these, uh, the freedoms that we have, religious freedom, freedom of conscience. Mm-hmm. This is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. God gives us a conscience. And part of something we've understood in this country uh, is that we respect conscience rights right. of individuals. Mm-hmm. You don't compel them to think differently mm-hmm. or to... To, to violate their conscience. Uh, that's only something God can do is right. to, to change the mind. And sure. to, and to, yeah. uh, so, so we as God's people, we model what goodness is, what justice is, what mercy is uh, in these different areas. Absolutely. Uh, Paul said you want to, again, paraphrasing, he says, you, you want to know how to do this Christian life thing? Watch me. Uh, um, you know, we, we don't follow the followers. We follow the Messiah. But we should be tour guides yeah. uh, in this life. Tour guides to be when people and I say this to people: don't, don't, don't buy into this whole thing of just live your life and in such a way that people will see that you're different. Yeah. Because uh, people who are crazy are different. It doesn't mean that they're <laughs> saved. Uh, and when I say that, I don't mean mental disorders. But when people just have have personality flaws and that sort of thing, it, it doesn't mean that they're saved. So people got to have to see that we're different. And then faith does, doesn't come through seeing; it comes through hearing. Yeah. And hearing comes through the proclamation of the word. So we got to tell them why we're different. When we uh, live that life and speak out those truths, we're going to see God change things. Absolutely. We will see also culture change when we show the culture what we're for, not just against. Right. Of course, we as we said earlier, we want to be watchmen on the wall. We want to mm-hmm. warn when something bad is happening, but we need to demonstrate and articulate what we are for and when we have that vision of what the good society looks like, what the just society looks like, that's attractive. And Absolutely. I think more people will be open 
to Christianity and mm-hmm. not just that it's religion that's just against everything right. and pointing its finger at everybody. Right. But it's a, a, a vision for what is good and true Amen. and healthy. Amen. Listeners, We're, Richard and I are for you. We're not against you. God is for you. We love you. More importantly, God loves you. God bless you, brother. Thank you.